Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of this Zenotes podcast kind of thing. Today we're discussing, well, we're starting our discussions with extracurricular curricular activities to do over the summer. And Pagaz will be joining me to kind of co-host this session. Hey, guys. I will be co-hosting along with Zubair, so great to see you all here. First of all, Zubair, why do you think it's a good idea, you know, to sort of uh, do some stuff over the summer and uh, learn something or whatever? Why is it a good idea? Sure. So I guess, like, we definitely have a lot of time over the summer and we're kind of, like, wasting it away most of the time, not doing a lot of things. So let's, like, I want to break this answer into two bits. Firstly, um, I'm probably assuming that most of the students joining our session today are either IG and AS students or A2 students. And a lot of the, especially for the AS students, they might be thinking about university applications. And as we all know, like we've kind of shifted from this phase of where everyone was just focused on grades to now universities actually looking at students holistically. So they wanna see not only do your grades kind of like make the mark, but does it also, does your personality, does your kind of extracurricular activities, do your so social skills, you know, do you, do you bring the whole package basically? So the summer break is actually a very good opportunity for you to actually spend a lot of time kind of working a lot of these skills out. And then when you get to your, that, that point, which won't be too far away for you, when you're applying to universities, you will have a huge wealth of information to, you know, share about all these experiences that you've had and just gives you a very much more powerful application. So it's a very good idea regarding that, of course. Secondly, if, it's, if you're an A2 student, there's definitely benefit in just gaining those social skills that are required when you get to university, because obviously growing up at school, you're, you're only exposed to a very few number of people, right? Like those 50, 60 odd kids at your year group and plus or minus some around you. That's kind of been your social circle for quite a while. And obviously, they're all your peers. They're your similar age group. So trying to find something like an internship, these things kind of expose you to a, a new group of people. It gives you, it, it, there are lots of different things you need to interact with, new skills that you need to gain. And especially moving from kind of like a guided kind of path that you're at in school to a much more kind of like shifting space, which workspaces and internship opportunities are. It just gives you a lot of good experience that would help you in any case at university and, and, and beyond. So you had talked about how it sort of helps people. So tell us a little bit uh, about what you've been doing over the summers and how it sort of, um, you know, helped you over the time. Sure. So I've had quite a few summers up till now. Um, well, my first, I, I do remember like during the AS year or after my AS exams, um, that was a very crucial uh, period for me where I spent a lot of time um, actually researching universities and working on exactly what I wanted to study, where I wanted to go. Um, I know it's kind of still curricular, but um, it's it's slightly not ASA level stuff. It was looking at, you know, where locations, things about those areas of the world. Um, I spent uh, a good chunk of my time also studying and getting ready for the SATs. Um, I was planning to apply, well, I did apply to the US and I did that SAT exam. So, um, because during the year when you're kind of like focused on uh, your A-level subjects, it's a good idea that if you have the opportunity to use that time to look at the examinations that your university requires um, or universities, multiple. Um, so that's what I did. 
and the year after that or well basically my the year after my first year kind of was pretty cool because I ended up um like a lot of stuff came through from Zenotes so all my summers have somehow been uh working and developing Zenotes and to kind of increasing amounts of my summers have been dedicated to that um the year like so my first year after my uni um I got involved with uh, with the Cambridge Leadership College and so I spent about a month and a bit in Cambridge working with um the team there and we kind of set up a completely brand new school set up the kind of the concepts and ideas the academic framework so it was a really interesting experience for me there um I got exposed to a lot of people um in terms of like just you know connections to develop through the people that I've met but also I I gained a lot of experience because now I was it shifted from a point where I was like all I'd been doing up till then was kind of taking information whether it was at lectures or in school you know it was always like learning stuff and now I suddenly I was exposed to you know either people I had to meet and set up meetings for minutes and all that kind of like very formal stuff which which is a very good ex- kind of experience to get at an early stage because when you're going to go into your work workplace at some point in your life whether you actually go down that route or not you could be an entrepreneurial but in any way in any case those skills are very important and it's 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 really like it seems very overwhelming to think about like board meetings and things like that but once you start doing those things it it really isn't isn't that you know it's that's not that scary and so um that was what i did for those kind of summers in the past um and yeah tell me a bit more about so obviously there are like different people have had different experiences so tell me uh tell viewers or listeners about summers that you've had especially because you're you're getting into your second year um uh, at uni right because oh yeah <laughs> um so well maybe not as much as fun <laughs> as yours but this summer i did um hang around go around the country a bit i went around to bangalore and a bunch of cities here in the south of my state where they had a bunch of observatories so i went around i attended a bunch of public talks given by researchers in the fields that kind of i'm interested in physics um uh, mathematical physics and things like that so i got to talk to them i got to meet them in person which was huge because i <laughs> i just admire them a lot and the work they do is phenomenal um so that was that was great and then they did i i was able to ask them a lot of questions actually um as to how they got to where they are today and um what they went through and um uh, what advice they would have for me so it was kind of eye opening i guess in um one manner and on the uh, other hand obviously <laughs> yeah the fun side so i got to hang around with my friends and uh, go to um, science museums and uh, parks and things like that so it was uh, it was one hell of a journey i guess <laughs> but yeah you also have the other side so um, right now i've sort of doing the prep for um, my uh, gre exams so <laughs> that's like the serious bit but yeah so that's all i've got for this summer hopefully the next one brings more i guess <laughs> one can only hope course that sounds really cool um i'm also going to bring krish i think he has some ideas and he's done some more interesting stuff regarding internships um if krish wants to add some more information about his experiences sure so um i'm going to be interning with uh 
an interior designer because I'm planning to become an interior designer. So just to understand if the job actually is something that attracts me and something that I'm truly passionate about. And uh, additionally, I've also been studying um, how to use AutoCAD uh, software used by interior designers throughout the world, just so I can get a better grip on this, the, the trade. Additionally, I've also been building things for people. Like if someone asks for, they want to build a computer table or something like that, I'll just build it for them. So, you know, that way it just kind of gives me work experience and really makes me think about what my career as an interior designer would be like. So it, I just think that it really helps because it's a really good way to spend your summer to try to, you know, um, under, try to simulate what your job would be like. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. Um, so actually, that kind of builds on one of the questions that, or discussion point that I want to bring up. Um, people kind of ask whether whatever they're trying to trying to intern for or like whatever experience they're looking for should directly relate to their job or future careers. Um, and you obviously, Krish, have done things which relate directly to, or are plan or something that you see yourself doing in the future, um, but. In, for example, where I was living, especially during my school years, um, it was very difficult to find internship opportunities, like here back in Saudi. Um, just like the, it was just this, this sort of idea and norm isn't really um, very common. While if you just look at um, where I am right now in the UK, when I'm studying there, there's internships and kind of part-time work. It's just such a such a common thing and so easy to get into, and. It would have been like obviously great to find something that related to what I wanted to do in the future, but it's sometimes not the case. Um, you just it's not just possible in where you are and the ability, like kind of things you can find. So I would just say that, although obviously having the fact that you know, if you, for example, Krish wants to become an interior designer, he found something exactly like he wanted to do, is obviously great. It just gives you a perfect like experience to build on, and then. Also to understand whether, yeah, is that the degree I want to choose? Is that one, the career path I want to go down? But even if you can't you know, choose something that's specific, um, it's just a good idea to find kind of anything to do. Um, somehow being part of some, like obviously now I'm kind of thinking more about internships than actual um, personal projects or anything, but having that ability to connect with people, um, the team, if there's a team there, um, being in a workspace, these these are experiences that are going to be very useful in any kind of career path that you choose. So, for example, in one of my summers, I spent some time um, with the kind of the financial sustainability division at the Islamic Development Bank, which is kind of quite far out for me because um, quantitative quantitatively, I I can do a lot of stuff, but like I haven't really gone into the financial area of the of studies. Um, and I was still, I had only done my first year of uni by then. So uh, I didn't really have direct experience to what I want to that kind of job. And I didn't also like plan on getting into the finance world much, even during or after that internship. But it just was another opportunity to to go to, to meet people, to interact with quite high level kind of um, individuals. Um, I had the opportunity to sit in in very high level meetings, board of directors and stuff like that. And you know, you're suddenly feeling overwhelmed with all these people and, you know, suits and ties and everything. But it's it starts to give you a lot more confidence and um, an ability. So I, I even though I was like I had very little like technical skills, I had I was able to provide a lot of kind of 
holistic ideas or like more generalized things, which a lot of people who are working very technically on these things couldn't see because, you know, I'd come from a completely different area, completely different perspective. And I was able to shed light. Oh, what if you guys looked at it this way and that? And so it was a, it was a very good ex experience for me. So I definitely think that you should look at both things. Like obviously if you can find something that relates to you, that's great. But if an, if an internship opportunity, which is not directly related to, you know, what you want to do, but if that's, if you're limited by those choices, then still go ahead. Maybe you'll find something that you like even more, you know, it's no one knows. So yeah. Awesome. That sounds really exciting. So what do you have in your mind for this summer? <laughs> so far, it's so good. Yeah, well, um, this summer is quite uh, full on for me. I'm just spending a couple of days more with my family in, in Jeddah with just, you know, Ramadan and Eid. And then I'm hoping to go to China for a couple of weeks or a week or so. Um, and I'm going to work with Tom on some schools that he's setting up there, um, which is really exciting. Um, I'm hoping to deliver some like seminars and talks as well. And then I have actually potentially two, at least one, but two summer projects as well. Um, I'm going further into like what my interests in mathematics are, um, subjects like cohomology and fixed point theorems, and maybe potentially a project in dynamical systems, which, yeah, um, doesn't matter what it is, but that's kind of have some mathematical summer projects. And then I am also doing some stuff for, obviously, like there's a lot of work to do with Z notes. Um, a lot of the team is now, or not a lot, but the developmental side of the team is in London. So that'll be really good to have full design sprints with them and kind of develop some new features that we're rolling out in the future. Um, there's this thing with the Institute of Education at UCL. Um, they're gonna, they've kind of like, well, Z notes has become a part of their cohort that will help develop some evidence-based research into our kind of um, delivery of educational material, which will be really interesting, hopefully um, make our platform and what we're kind of delivering to you guys much more powerful. And yeah, so there's quite a few things. I'm um, maybe go to Karachi for a bit as well. And again, schools and talks and stuff like that. But yeah, that's my summer. I'm not exactly sure what else is going to happen, but quite a few things packed. Awesome. And uh... Yeah, things move forward. Cool. So, okay, let's get to the business, I'd say. Um, we've sort of talked about uh, what and all stuff we can take up, what and all you've been doing, which is a lot of things, so really amazing things, exciting things. But despite that, what do you, what do you think the universities um, find attractive? Because, uh, I mean, we're going to... We're talking about uh, students who are in A2 and are, are in their IGs right now. So the primary concern is obviously about the universities. So what do you think about the universities? What, what would they consider as uh, viable things? Sure, I think it might be a bit repetitive, but I think definitely looking at internship opportunities. Um, there's another thing that um, was kind of brought up in the questions, was, which was regarding freelance work. Um, obviously, like, again, lo lots of us have different opportunities available around us. Do look online as well. Like recently, there's been a great increase in the number of opportunities available completely remote. Um, so if, if, there, if you are feeling limited by those things around you, check online because there's a lot of, um, like, there's quite a few things that are especially being open to high school and kind of younger students um, just because well, everyone has a good internet connection nowadays, and we can actually 
it's it's actually really possible to get a lot of work done remotely. But you know, the Xenos team is always has always been worked remotely, so we are an example of such an opportunity. Um, so definitely check that. In terms of universities, though, if you can, like, as long as maybe this goes into a bit more of like the personal statement side of stuff. What people, what they want to really hear is like whatever you're, whatever you're targeting, right? So your personal statement should basically be a piece about you that tells the admission officer that you were born and raised and everything you've done from the, the day you were born to the day you were writing that application was focused and like you were always wanting to pursue this kind of job slash career slash degree or whatever. Um, I know it's not 100% accurate, but in I guess personal statements aren't a very accurate representation of each of us, but that's what they want to hear. And even if you do lots of opportunities which don't directly correlate with the, with your degree or whatever, there are lots of ways to kind of rephrase and use this. Sometimes those you don't need to really mention, okay, it was this job, but it could be that I gained XYZ skills and those skill sets will help me develop or will help me progress further in this degree. So um, obviously if you can find something that relates to your degree, great. If not, then do still try to find something to do. And at, when you do actually get, get something done, try to find a, an angle with which to present it and make it so that those skills that you've learned are relating to what you want to do in the future. Um, and specific, like some things you do have to kind of do specifically, because for example, medicine, um, you definitely need to find a hospital, something like that, because um, all these kind of, uh, they, they do need you to have worked or shadowed a doctor or something like that. So there are some limitations, but I'm sure you'll work it out, yeah. So I guess the point is like, um, you can intern for experience and sort of work your way through, but if you really, if you guys really want to be sure as, you know, what, a specific thing you want to do in a given period of time, uh, best route, mail your universities or contact them somehow or the other and uh, figure it out. Um, that's the best way to go about it, usually. So we were just talking a little bit about freelance work um, in the middle. Uh, we've got a freelancer here with us, uh, Kuro, as he's known. Uh, so Kuro, can you Tell us a little bit about uh, freelancing. Actually, there was a very specific question as well. As in, is freelancing a good uh, way to kill spare time for teenagers and things along those lines? Uh, when in, ter in terms of leisure activities and things, what do you think? Hmm. I would say something like freelancing is a good way to build up your skills, as in use whatever skills you have or if you want to learn stuff and you want to like follow that path in the future as in okay so for in my example i took up design i mean in ninth grade eighth, eighth grade that's when i started getting into whole whole design art craze and that's when i sort of started getting into the whole freelance and at the time i did not know how to go about this i didn't even no, I, I, you know, I live in a place where part-time jobs or freelancing isn't even like a thing. Most people don't even know what a part-time job is. They're like, they only know the concept of full-time work. So I took up freelance as a way to kill time mostly. 
and to sort of build up my skills. And I would say that it is a pretty solid way of sort of, I, I guess, in, in every sense, it is a good way to build build skills and kill time. But the only thing about freelance work is that commitment is very important. So if you're like one of those people who want to like, you know, do this 50% and then kind of stop, you may not be able to do it well in the sense that either you won't get work or you may get work and then probably get yelled at by a client. But then it's definitely a really fun way to like take if you really like challenges because that's one of the things that really kept me working with freelance because there's always something you can learn and then there's because you know every every person you work with might be completely different and that's what i find like really fascinating about freelance work so let's move on to some of the ama questions now um so we basically split up the the, these sessions into two bits so we want to discuss uh some central idea beforehand we have like which we've kind of you guys have voted on and then we'll open up kind of um, any question that you guys have had posted beforehand or afterwards. So um, we're trying to fit it in a 30 minute slot, maybe a bit more, but let's talk a bit about the questions that you guys have asked. Um, The first one, which directly relates to this session as well is about MUNs, uh, whether I've had any experience or any of the team has any experience and was it worth the amount of stress and money? I personally have not had experience with the MUN. Um, I, there were opportunities at school, but um, I just like simply didn't get involved with that. Um, is anyone on the team, has anyone done it before? If you would like to ask some more information about that. Yeah, so in general, I mean, I would say it totally depends on what part of the world you're in. Because uh, the thing about MUNs is that more than the actual event, the, the organizers of the event and the actual people that participate in it matter just as much. And say, for example, I mostly participated within India and within the South Asian circuit. So a few MUNs in like, South Asia, I've only been to one MUN in like Europe, but then like I would say from my entire experience with MUNs, it's it's a solid way to build character and if you if you have problems like communicating, especially in terms of say a business, like if you're going into business or like a commerce side of things, I would say MUNs would really help you improve your negotiating skills. Because that in its because MUN at its core is about negotiations and great answer, Kuru. Um, definitely a good experience if you can get to it. Um, and um, the thing is, every like even uh, previously, Kuru talked a bit about freelancing. Um, he said anything that you kind of have to do, you do have to commit to it. So I don't want to say stress, but you you should be ready to put your time and effort into whatever you're planning to do. So MUNs, I, I definitely think if I had, a, if I, I look back and I thought I should have done that, it looked like a very good opportunity. It would have helped me develop my, even like speaking skills, right? If you can stand in front of a couple hundred people and, and talk and deliver your points and argue, those are life skills. 
So moving on, uh, could you give some tips on making a good resume for a student wanting to go into the CS field? So um, in general, resume tips. Um, one of the things I've actually experienced over the last like year or so, or maybe a couple of years, writing my first resume and then editing and formatting and making it better. Um, don't write too much. People um, are not going to read anything longer than maybe two sides of an A4 sheet. And to be honest, everyone here right now, like among our, like kind of the student, you know, we, we don't have a lot to say. And pe like employers and people who are checking for internships and stuff like that, they know that, you know, you've, you're 18 years old or 17 or 16 and you don't, you can't, you can easily lengthen any, you know, oh, my A-levels took this much time and I achieved this grade and this and, you know, that doesn't help. Try to find the useful experiences and fit it in. Again, I keep mentioning this, but skills, because they do want to see how those, these skills that you have are related to an experience that you've had as well. Because they want to like kind of directly, sometimes your grades don't even matter that much, especially in the current like kind of changing employing um, circumstances. People are like completely ignoring university degrees and grades completely. So if you can kind of correlate that you have a specific skill that relates to what that job entails, and you can correlate that with an experience, that's that's golden. So I guess with resume, that's what I would say. May I, if I may add, um, so since the question was specifically related to computer science, uh, we, ha we actually do have a response from our uh, lead developer, Karthik here. So here's what he says. Uh, so three main things from your position that you can do would be a side projects, which you can do in your leisure time, and internships, uh, which is second priority, and uh, last but not least, freelance work. If the last two do not work, if if internships and freelance work, which is subject to availability of other people, you do not get, focus on the first thing on your side project, just like take a problem and make a solution for it and uh, put out the code on GitHub. So this is what he has for us today. Awesome. I can also add to something relating CS, something that would actually help you guys with your college applications. Um, online courses like, you know, certificate courses using websites like edX and uh, edX is like a site which has uh, like universities put, put up their courses like publicly and you can just take them. Sometimes you can actually pay some money and get an official certificate for the course and stuff. And those actually help with your college credit, especially if you apply to American universities. Like, for example, I did the CS50 course by Harvard X, and that was pretty useful. It was, it was just the fundamentals of programming, but, you know, small courses like that actually help you develop your skills and sort of gain a better understanding of how programming and stuff really works. And also in the case of, you know, you have something to show for college. You have to say, I did this, I did that. And you have a certificate to show for it too. So it becomes a little bit more credible versus, you know, just saying, I am good at this. I'm good at C or something like that. So definitely consider looking at like small courses. And Cool. So next question then. All right. So the next question, a bit more related to, uh, should I say, learning, uh, studying. When do you start studying and what do you start with? You start with notes or past papers or whatever. Sure. Um, so studying, technically, um, 
I would never say that leave the whole kind of there's there are two aspects to it. There's a learning bit to it. There's an there's a revision slash studying bit to well, I'm considering A levels, but it probably applies to the IB system as well as university. So during the year, I would definitely recommend any kind of unit tests that come up um, and progressively make sure that you're actually understanding the content. This is actually a really good kind of way to learn or kind of go through a course in general, because when you get to university, you like, for example, I end up with uh, an exam at the end of the year, which counts for 90% of my grade. Um, not most universities are like that, but math at UCL is, which is really daunting because you you could technically not do anything all year round, and then be faced with a huge exam, which kind of like determines your whole your whole kind of year. So I would definitely say that progressively during the year, make sure you're actually getting the concepts and content. And if you have any issues, try to get questions. The Discord community is great for that. Ask your questions. Try to understand the concepts. And when you get to this kind of study phase, I probably um, would say that about a month to a month and a half is a good time to start. Um, for example, for the major exams, I'd probably start mid-May slowly and really ramp it up from April onwards. Um, by that time, so if you follow this kind of philosophy of making sure that the content and recent kind of the notes and everything makes sense till then, so what you should be able to get to straight away is past papers. The way to do that, I would recommend, is set up a timetable, find a weekly uh, way to kind of do a set number of papers for all your subjects to make sure that you're on top of all of your subjects, um, and then kind of like fit notes into the into this whole equation because as you do a question in a past paper and you've kind of forgotten something, you can easily refer to notes to get back and remind you what those concepts were. Um, ramp this up as you get closer to exams increase the number of papers you're doing before that exam. Um, and then also remember that like doing papers is just kind of helping you understand the structure and feel of what an exam would be like. It's also helping you kind of practice and maybe help you recall stuff. So don't do a paper with just mark schemes because that's like, it loses its value after a while. Definitely in the beginning, you might need to look into it, but you know, after that, try to do this as a recalling method as well. Try to remember to like, get the memory game up and then as you get to the end, um, make sure you do a lot of deep revision exercises so that you sit down with the notes, spend like an hour, an hour and a half, maybe do it in the Pomodoro technique, so 25-minute um, sessions. Read the notes, go back, keep reading them, make sure that all of that content has stuck into your head. And yeah, I think a month and a half should be a good time for you to start. And I think you can head straight into past papers if you've already revised your content through the year. Maybe spend a week beforehand to make sure that the content is there. That's that's what I'd say. So I think we can move on to the next question, which is a bit more specific. Do the universities see if the student appeared, who has appeared for the exams, as a private candidate? Is there a difference between private candidates or those who write from a school? Yep, there is. They do. Um, because when you apply through UCAS, I think I'm considering the UK definitely. Um, you have to apply through a center. So when you when you're filling it, you're filling in your UCAS application. You have to state uh, what center you were doing the exams at. And if you were a private candidate, you will probably put something like the British Council or whatever is running that exam in your area. So it does. They do see that, but I'm sure that shouldn't be affecting whether like it shouldn't be 
there shouldn't be any prejudice to either. Um, if you're a private candidate, that's that's what it is. Also, even for the American ones, I don't. There's much of a difference, but you can say they may expect a bit from your extracurricular side because you're not gonna. Yes, um, American universities actually value extracurriculars sometimes more than GPAs, especially with competitive schools like top twenties, because at that at that level of you know, university, most, like, pretty much everyone would be having top grades or they're, like, the top 10% of their class. And the only thing that separates people would be their ECs, ECs as an extracurriculars. So for top 20s, I would say extracurriculars are what would make you stand out. That and your essays. Awesome. So I'm going to kind of, like, speed up to the questions just because we had a 30-minute marker. So I hope I'm not, like, overrunning too much. But just because the next few questions are quite specific. Um, both are kind of to do with whether to do um, A-levels or IB or the foundation program. So comparing all three of those things. Um, so the A-levels are definitely much more content heavy. Um, you get a lot more understanding of exactly what you're studying. You're obviously studying fewer subjects, but it means that the, the information you get out of it will be much more deep. Um, so if you are, are more focused and you kind of an have an idea of where you want to go, um, then I would definitely say stick with A levels, but at the same time, the IB is becoming more popular because of its holistic nature, because you're getting skills. Like, I think there's an essay at the end of the year that you have to do, and there are lots of extracurricular activities that actually fit into the diploma. Um, so if... Um, it's it's really up to kind of your taste. If you've been through a system with IGs for a long while and then come from British education, I think it would just be simpler if you continue to do the A-levels, if that's kind of the format your brain works in. Otherwise, if you have the opportunity, I would say look at the IB system. And also remember that it will require you to, you know, be looking at stuff much more holistically rather than just focused on just content. So... I think judge for yourself. The foundation program is quite useful for students who are obviously coming from a different um, kind of schooling system completely. I'm guessing most of us aren't here because we're in the CIE system. Uh, but still, if you have the opportunity, taking the foundation course brings the benefit of actually being familiarized with the university ex environment and experience a year ahead. So you're going to not, basically you're going to learn the same kind of content as A2s, maybe a bit less even. Um, but the good thing that you get is if you're, for example, moving out of home, if you're going to a different new city or country, um, doing the foundation program means that you're going to start to learn those kind of day-to-day -day skills, life skills, you know, cooking and groceries and cleaning up behind yourself, making yourself get to lectures on time and stuff, which um, actually are very difficult things when, it, when you kind of like are thrown upon um, so if you are moving out of home and if you have the opportunity in terms of monetary and, you know, whatever things that are required, then try and do the foundation course. It, and if you also, another thing I'd add would be that if you feel like you're a bit nervous anyway for like kind of social experiences that the university entails and try and do that, getting, you know, kind of throwing yourself earlier in will allow you to like start developing those skills because you're you're exposed to it much earlier and then because a lot of people think that university time is like this 
three or four years of like pure, you know, freedom and everything. And usually it's not like that. So make sure um, if you are kind of like if you are scared and nervous of getting into that sort of that kind of social environment, then try and get there earlier. That would help you um, get kind of experience stuff earlier and then make the mistakes in the beginning and start to get better when you get into your first year. Um, let's keep going. Yes, so I think we've got a, a question right now, a, a rather interesting one. Um, so this guy, Muslim Habibi, um, I think I've got his name correct. So he, he slash she wants to go for a different field that uh, they're not interested in. I mean, I mean, sorry, they are not aware of that much. So is it worth it? Was the question? Um, again, I don't want to answer a specific question because a lot of people are listening in. But holistically, if you don't know what you're studying, I would recommend kind of like reading up um, beforehand. So right now, there's just so many great YouTube videos out there of those students studying that specific degree, sometimes even at the university you're planning to do it at. So first, my first advice would be kind of try and find stuff that like kind of like that you can read and listen to find out what that degree entails go to your university application or university website look through the details of the course try to understand what those you can just you know we're living in a great time right now you know we can just literally google anything and get so much information about even specific courses even lectures there are even websites which kind of rate lecturers beforehand i didn't know that but apparently everyone starts lect rating lectures at my uni so yeah so you can find out exactly what sort of experience you'll have Obviously, first-hand experience is completely different. You know, everyone will say something. But I would recommend, it doesn't matter if it's a field that you haven't heard about. Just try to, like, work out what it entails and make a judgment based on that. I think just because we said that we'd make this a 30-minute session, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, and if if people would like this to be longer, then we can potentially make it a different timeline. Um, I'm, I think we've talked about the foundation, the A-level things. Um, the other question about new contributions, yes, we would love to support the Edexcel exam system as well. It's just, um, again, contributions. Uh, if someone is ready to work with us to create those resources, then we'd be completely happy to do that. So that's, I think, most of the questions answered. Um, it was great to have you guys all today as well it's great to see so many people live and hopefully the, the listeners afterwards as well if you are just watching it from youtube then or listening to it um you can actually join in live if you get onto the discord server so that would be all from me and the xenotes team um and we shall see you next week please do vote on what sort of topic you guys want to listen or talk or hear us talk about in the next session uh we'll put some stuff on the feedback channel Bye-bye, guys.